Check, 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 check. <coughs> That's helpful. <clears throat> test one, two, test, test one, two, test, test one, two. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Otto Favor. And we are 35-year Wall Street veterans who have taken on secret identities and gone underground in order to bring you our favorite ideas this week. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we've disguised our voices and they'll never know. This week, you're going to get a recap of what the value guys have been doing since the last show, which will be boring, but you might want to listen in. And then it's June 9th, 2017. We've got Wall Street Review, and then we've got five terrific stock ideas, and then we have a little bit of discussion of the economy. So... If you don't want to hear this part, just fast forward. But for you longtime listeners, let me tell you what's been going on with the value guys. Of course, we've got 10 years of shows. The show started back in 06. We were with you through the crash. We had some ideas. They tended to work. And then I had the crazy idea, this is Val, of starting my own little firm, which I did. And you know what? It didn't, it didn't take. It just didn't take. And so I recently bolted on to a uh, you know, a mothership. The funds are alive and well. We're doing small cap value. And what's been happening is, you know, for the last year or so, the markets have done so well, the value guys didn't really need to wade in. But now we've had a period where active management's under siege. People don't think they're stock pickers anymore. And so, you know what? A good friend of mine, uh, Otto, uh, suggested that we really had a duty to listeners to bring back some great ideas for the markets ahead. So that's what we're going to do this week. Um, and I'd just like to kick it off by introducing my good friend, Otto Favor. Otto. Thank, thank you, Val. Thank, yeah, thank you pleasure. very much. My pleasure. And, and let me just be the first here to say we're really glad to have you back. It's been a long time, but we're Thanks, glad to have Otto. you back. Thank you, Otto. Appreciate that. It's been uh, a year and uh, four months. But uh, who's counting? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Well, one of the things, I mean, a lot of uh, probably to talk about is, uh, like you mentioned, a big transition since you last had the show of the markets and some of the changes in the marketplace. It's been crazy, honestly. It's as if active management, uh, you know, has gone the way of the dinosaur, but we're alive and well, wouldn't you say? Or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just heard they're doing, you know, now major firms coming out with their robo-investing, right? That's a yeah. big hot topic now in uh, personal finance. And, well, I'll tell you, I... I just I just can't see Alexa throwing me some good ideas like this show. I don't I don't think if I went over to Alexa right now and said Alexa, give me a good value idea, it wouldn't come out. I a few nearby popular ones: Family Dental Center, Family Pantry, Family Pantry Food and Liquor, and Susie's Family Hair Care. Check out. <laughs> There you go. Well, if you can't hear, listeners, Alexa just was offering some value, and it was mainly foods and fruits is what I could hear. Um, no, so they need us. They need us, uh, Otto. So, um, you know, the thing about Otto, let me say a few words about Otto because he's a humble man. I've known Otto 25 years. We can't even believe it. And Otto has a uniquely outstanding view of capital markets and what's going to happen next week? What happened last week actually he's better at. But what happens next week he's also pretty good at. 
And the view is in this period, in these tumultuous times, we need a little bit of market savvy, a little overview on what's happening. We are going to get to five really great equity ideas to battle back the passive investors. But I think uh, Otto has a few thoughts, high level, that he'd like to share today. And uh, I'm excited to listen as well because I usually don't give, give a crap about uh, macro. But please, Otto, go ahead. Well, I think you know, everybody's interested in having a market which is so, so predominantly, um, call it affected by what we call them the FANG stocks, for example, and the uh, ability for these uh, select stocks to move the market in, in such a significant proportion of the amount of, of performance, 70% of the performance coming from these stocks. Yeah. So, you know, one has to ask, what does that mean? Why even bother putting your money in anything else for the last couple of years, right? At least for this year, for sure. So I believe that we're at the forefront of a rotation. Rotation? Yeah. Call it a rotation. You're calling it. You're hearing it here today, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I believe The rotation that. Mm-hmm. is coming. And I think you are going to see the incremental, um, call it performance, out of the FANG stocks become less and less of a dynamic and market performance and people moving or call it shifting out of some of the, uh, pardon the pun, out of favor. Out of favor. Huh, they named that after you, Otto. Yeah. Huh. Well, just for the listeners who may not understand... What is a FANG stock? It's, uh, yeah, I fa- think there's a lot of people right. that might have that question. We have Facebook. Facebook, yeah. We have... Which uh, is the F Which is the uh, Which is Okay, C-F I'm just trying fang. to follow along yes, here. Absolutely. All right, the absolutely. F, yeah. We have Amazon. And which part of the FANG is that? That one? would be the A. The A. <laughs> the A. All right. And then what? And then we have Netflix. And that's the... Uh, N. N, okay. And then uh, we have Google. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That was controversial because this could have been the FANA stocks once they uh, changed their name to uh, Alphabet. There was a lot of talk about making that the FANA list instead of the FANG. What's your view on that? How do you fall on the FANA versus FANG controversy? I'm more of a fan of the FANG. It just okay. has a more, I think, uh, just a... It's kind of a sharper... Yeah, sharper. Uh, <laughs> just a... It, right. it says says so much more. Okay, so... What would you be advising listeners now? People have been whipped around. The market's been crazy. It's up, down. We don't know what's happening. What's the macro view? What would you be doing right now, Otto? Because you've had a very successful career making these sort of big-picture calls. What's what's going to happen next It's my question. Well, I mean, you're having a market which is always kind of running side and side with political headlines. So... Even though if they ignore it, they still have some kind of wait-and-see attitude with it. So I think what you're going to see is um, if next Wednesday the Fed will uh, meet and it looks like we'll have a uh, rate increase. And from there, I think uh, you're going to see a, call it like I mentioned, rotation in some of the more, uh, like I said, out-of-favor areas uh, like uh, financials, um, like um, telco. Financials, yeah, yeah. telco, uh, healthcare. Yeah. These are areas that have been out of favor yeah. and are yeah. coming back in favor. Right. Well, enough about that. Let's talk about the economy. I think you wanted to spend a few minutes on. Yeah, you know, um, we like to talk about stocks, but sometimes we have to recognize that it's the economy that really matters to how well companies do. And so I always like to do a little thing 
that I used to call walking through economic trends, but then the Federal Reserve stopped printing that. You go to their site, Fred, now, and there's a bunch of great information there. But I just was clicking around a few things, and I thought I'd throw out a few uh, thoughts. First of all, GDP. There's a lot of talk about how GDP growth has been a little bit slow during the last few years. Obviously, we've been coming out of this great recession that we had where there were some excesses in housing. Um, debt got a little high in the economy. But I have to say, I'm looking at a chart right now called National Economic Trends. You can Google that. It's at the Federal Reserve. You'll see some data. And what we're seeing is while the big headlines were the GDP growth is sitting just around 3% um, or less, you know, one of the things to take away is that the piece of that that's investment is growing pretty nicely. It's offset by some weakness in the government spending, which is going to turn around. And I think that's the best news I see in this data is that investment in plant and equipment by, you know, U.S. companies is on the move upward, and that's a positive for the economy over the near term. Uh, the other thing I'd point out is that there's a little statistic called uh, industrial production. It's kind of important here in America. And we did have a period in 2016 where that was a little soft, but you can see this thing turning around right now. We had uh, negative numbers all through 2016. That's turning positive in 17. Um, not only final products, consumer goods, business equipment, construction, it's all turning positive as of, um, you know, this current April 7, 2017, which is the most current data we have. So I'd say employment low, industrial production picking up, um, that's very good news for the economy. And it's always been the uh Bears, you know, position on their disbelief in the economy was productivity. Like you mentioned, we've had 2016 significant negative performance in productivity. So there was never a belief that the um, economy actually had any traction because productivity was just waning so much. Well, I'd weigh in on that. You know, the productivity numbers have been under pressure versus historical. But if you go read a little bit about how they calculate productivity and, you know, the estimates that go into those numbers, not only in terms of time spent or value of labor, but also, you know, what's each computer worth. There were years where they had to, in effect, put a multiplier on technology sales because the, you know, the, the government saw that there was more productivity coming out of that business than they had estimated. So there's a lot of wiggle room in these numbers. I mean, my belief is that productivity, in frankly, has never been higher because of just what we all recognize each day, that whenever we need to find out some information, it's at our fingertips instead of having to drive to the library. And that leads to turnover of ideas, turnover of an understanding of a problem. You know, all the intellectual property components of the economy are aided by the instant access to information. And I know from the way they measure this, Otto, that it's not being picked up. So, I think the economy is probably doing a little better than what we're seeing on productivity. But even if it's accurately being re reported, the numbers are picking up right now, and that's, that's a positive. The only other thing I'd throw out there is uh, interest rates remain low. I think that's a function of a lot of government debt, so they can't afford to let interest rates rise. But that helps new business formation. It hurts savers. 
but we've sort of worked that through. And the only other thing I'd like to say on this topic is inflation is low. Energy prices are under control, consumer products. So from a macro point of view, I do think that uh, the economy is in pretty good shape, Otto. And that syncs, I think, a little bit with maybe your view that um, active management is going to be back in style because the robo-advisors maybe aren't recognizing that. I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen. I, you know, I think there's a you know, with the transition from active to passive, um, and the looking at performance me- uh, metrics, we're starting to see some active managers become better performers against uh, passive investing. A little bit early stages, but let's see what happens when interest rates really start to make a move. Hopefully, we can get on the uh, upward trajectory with interest rates. Let's see what happens. Starts next Wednesday. We're looking for a. Uh, 25 basis points, uh, 25 basis point increase, and hopefully we can jump off of that and into some higher rates, uh, especially for savers. All right. Well, so um, this is the part of the show, I think, Otto, where we offer our listeners. This is the meat and potatoes of the show, where mm-hmm. whatever we were saying earlier could be completely <laughs> nonsense. Who even knows? But now. There's going to be a handful, subject to time. I mean, you got to go to a dinner. Right. i got to get yeah, out of here. Yeah, I mean, we're both going, busy right. gentlemen. And, and we're so, almost out of time. And so, yeah, we're running out of time. And so, but we're going to have a handful of uh, stock ideas for you equity people uh, that need a stock idea. Right. You know, here comes that part of the show right now. Probably so, the yeah, best part, right? The best Why part. Why would you listen Absolutely. to this? You don't listen to it for any other reason. Not for any other reason. So what do you you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, uh, let me take a stab at one, and okay. then you can maybe grab Please. one. And uh, what do you, what you do know, you looking got? at it from the standpoint of this uh, rotation, I think uh, the financials look to be well set up. Um, they've been a significantly uh, underperforming group. Um, when you look at the, it's probably the number one worst performing next next to energy. I mean, both energy and uh, financials. So in that regard, looking at a higher rate environment, you expect to see that the beauty about being a bank is is that you can, as long as the market allows you to hold down your deposit pricing but increase your lending pricing. So that's what's called spread income. And most of the smaller banks work off of spread income. So the, the pick I have in that regard is a bank that had some struggles but has uh, kind of picked themselves up, located out of Gulfport, Mississippi. What a great town. Oh. You know, I just you know when I think of Gulfport, I just I, I mean it's I like think party. I think iced tea, like a nice iced tea sitting on the porch, you know, and just uh, can you see the uh, the golf from there? Yeah, you can. I would so, think. Yeah. Otherwise, why, it's why would you game. call it? <laughs> um, all right. Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, Hancock Holding Company, symbol is HBHC. It's a uh, just under four billion market cap company. Pays about a little over two percent dividend. Um, stock uh, has traded. Anywhere from a 24 to almost uh, 50, trading at 46 and some change. And people are like, well, you're at the so high end. So it's kind of at the high end? Yeah, why would you look at know. it? Yeah, why would you look at this name? I don't know. Well, because when it was at the low end, there was a lot of variables that uh, needed to be worked out before you started putting some capital into this name. Now, granted, if uh, as an, a value investor, there was, you know, the deposit base here is one of the best in, in the market. I mean, their cost of funds is 
like I said, ranks you know in one of the best positions of the marketplace. But you know, I just want to interject, Otto. I own a lot of banks in mm-hmm. my portfolio. You've right. never called me on this one. Is this just like a like a like a blue plate special just for listeners kind of a thing? I well, mean, you what, don't you don't pay huh? you don't pay. I don't pay. No, what are you talking about? You don't pay. That's true. That's true. All right. So. Um, Getting back to Hancock, um, this is a company that uh, has been working through some credit issues. If you remember, they made an acquisition some time ago. Uh, Whitney uh, Holdings, so Whitney uh, Financial, was a uh, New Orleans-based uh, institution. It kind of hurt my feelings, Otto. I just wanted to say but the fact that you, no, I mean, well, I, mean, I don't I pay. I mean, you know, I, I just we pay what we can. I mean, you know, I don't know. Well, zero is. Uh, <laughs> Kind of, uh, I don't think that's the right number, but well, anyway, right. maybe that should be offline. Yeah, maybe we should maybe we should think <laughs> about talking about that. Um, okay, so from on Hancock, um, I would I would tell you that this company now has moved through some of their credit issues, the integration issues with Whitney. So you're starting to see the expenses come in um, with all. So you can see some operating leverage here. They're uh, levered towards a higher rate environment. They're seeing good loan growth. They picked up some good lenders here, so you know this is a process that has come out of the out of the ashes, really straightened up the house. It's now a bank which has a lot of levers to pull to help drive earnings, and uh, you're going to see earnings, you know, move from call it like a two seventy five range to a three call it 25 330 uh, range as you get into next year so from 17 to 18 that's move. like a 20 percent uh move that's right for a bank that's uh, that's, uh pretty impressive right so again that's uh that's my pick uh okay. hancock i think you got some good room here i would say mid 50s is where the stock belongs awesome okay well and of course if you're a value buyer the value indices tend to have a disproportionately high percentage of uh, financials, so that's a good pick. Um, You know, I'm looking at a lot of stocks that are out of favor, and we're at that point in the market where the market's making new highs all the time. Value is getting harder to find. In fact, you know, there are some value investors that, uh, you know, take a market like this and, and, and try to go cheaper, and you end up going to lower quality. And higher quality at this point is expensive, and yet we're likely closer to the end of a cycle than the beginning. So I actually think that this is a period to think about improving quality of the portfolio, preparing an effect for a little bit of a slowdown, and your quality names are going to hold up a little better. Um, but on the other hand, um, who knows? You know, I don't know. Uh, but a couple names popped out of me this week. I ran a little screen I like to call Good Companies at good prices. That's so a great name. yeah, you know, listen, I don't want to get too complicated. That's a great name. But basically, it's kind of good balance sheets and kind of good historical returns on assets, very simple grandmother type metrics, and something's going wrong right now. That's why you might have an opportunity, a little out of favor, a little um, counterintuitive, etc. But the one I would talk about first is, you know, right in our industry, it's right up our alley. It's called Waddell and Reed, ticker WDR, Waddell and Reed. Now, what do I know about this stock? Well, they sell uh, investment services. Obviously, they got a bunch of mutual funds. They got a bunch of analysts. It's a very highly respectable firm. 
But what's going on? Just some of the stuff Otto and I were talking about up front. Passive investing is taking huge share. Suddenly people don't like humans picking stocks because, in effect, they haven't delivered returns. And Waddell and Reed has a bunch of internal mutual funds that haven't been beating the indices. <clears throat> and so the market value of this company, the stock, has gone from, uh, let's see here, uh, well, let me just say it's down a lot while I uh, try to find the chart I'm looking for. Um, let's see. Bear with me, everybody. <laughs> Lost the... The chart. He's flipping through. I'm flipping through. Yeah. But basically, wow, that's a bet. That was a. I don't know what that one yeah. is. What kind of a picture was that? Um, here we go. No, wait a minute. And I can edit some of this. Just fast forward, people. Wait a minute. Okay, Waddell and Reed uh, is the ticker. Seems to be WDR. That's what's going wrong. And this stock is down from a high of about 22 bucks. Uh, hold on. I'm sorry. It's down from 22 earlier in the year. The all-time high is around 72 back in 14. Stock's at 18 now. What's behind that? The market thinks active management's going away. What I can tell you is the most important thing in money management is distribution. And Waddell and Reed has a whole bunch of financial advisors selling products. As things shift to ETFs, uh, they're going to do quite well because they have a tremendous sales force. And I think the thing to appreciate is this company is very profitable right now, and the market is giving them, you know, no value for that. Revenues are still very close to the peak, so they're not down. Um, return on invested capital on this name is running in the 14% range. That is very high as it relates to companies. Margins, which are down from peaks, are still 18%. The company's cash balances are rising of a market cap of about a billion five. There's $870 million in cash. <clears throat> and uh, let's see, I think I have a de debt number here. They have 18% debt, but very little debt. Um, interest coverage is 20 times, and this thing is trading at just a little bit over 1.5 times book, and I think around uh, 7 or 8 times EBITDA, so it looks like a tremendous value to me. The uh, likelihood that this thing is not going to do well over the next 5 or 10 years I think is very low, because again, they have a very productive sales force, and it's trading... <clears throat> at levels that it never gets to uh, on the downside because of the negative sentiment around active management. And so I think this is a time to wade in a little bit to Waddell and Reed, Otto. That's my uh, first pick for today. That's a great pick. It's a great pick. And as a matter of fact, a lot of these uh, actively managed companies, they can put out passively managed products. Well, that's my point. If the market wants ETFs, guess what? The sales force is happy to sell ETFs instead of active products. So it's just going to take a little bit of time to transition to those new products. Uh, but even McDonald's can figure out if people want a tomato on their hamburger. You know, So I think that's just coming down the pipe. That's what a, else do you got? That's a great selection. Well, 
This is a per for a value name is uh, probably trades up on the it's on the higher end if people look at this on and just saying whoa you know value it's, it trades at twenty times next year's numbers but um, let me just point out that there is this is a company which I think sits smack dab in a theme which um, has a long tail in front of it and so anyway with that said. You know, I got an idea that yeah. I just, this is, I'm going to just. Is this just off the cuff right the now? Cuff. Holy this cow. This is just off an idea. Off-road. The idea of just thinking about if you could go go in and get on a, um, nah, forget it. It's not going to work. Don't okay. worry about it. It's just not going right. to work. Getting back to the um, Stock idea, HMS Holdings. HMS. Yep. HMSY is the symbol. Okay. It's a $1.5 billion market cap company, and um, it is uh, a pretty much call it a healthcare information technology company. And the beauty about this company is it sits in answering the issues at hand in the inefficiencies of healthcare payments. Basically, they provide benefit payment in, uh, integrity to healthcare providers, whether it's private health insurers, Medicare, Medicaid Advantage, state Medicaid programs. The ability to understand if the billing process was accurate, was the was the um, bill submitted, was it submitted in a way that it accurately represented the issue at hand, you know, i.e. fraud. That seems so important, Otto. If people aren't paying attention to that, what are they paying attention to? Right. Right? Right. I don't know. And it helps them recover, you know, of whether it's misidentified or improper payments. And and just so I'm sure nobody's going to be surprised at this is that in the Medicare, Medicaid, whether it's fraud or No, wait. Don't say it. I'm going to tell you. I'm I'm just going to say it right now because it's going to be out there in the World Wide Web. I don't even want to hear this part. I'm going to – The inefficiencies that are embedded (laughs) in these payment programs is mind-boggling. Billions of dollars. So anyway, point being is HMS helps them – assure that they are getting the accurate representation of payments and cutting out fraud. So this is a company which has excellent growth profile, um, gap EPS, 43 cents this year, 61 cents next year. Um, looking at revenues, uh, call it 550, 560, going up to the mid 600s next year. So great EBITDA numbers. Um, so you look at this name, and there's just all the things. And if you look at their customer base, they have a litany of who's who. State programs, uh, federal programs, private-run programs, and they are getting into more and more of these and helping them. And they get paid. This is the beauty about it. They get paid based upon the savings they deliver to their customer. So they're, in fact, partnering yes. with their customer, right. That's both exactly. sharing and the yeah. rewards. That's so, the way to do it. I think people should take a look at this name. I think this has a long tail to it. Um, it the stock had some, you know, with making it real quick, they had a delay in their 10K doing, due to a um, situation on reserving for some accounts receivable. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's always a – yeah. But Uh-oh. they yeah. were able to uh, 
roll out their uh, K&Q just uh, the other day. All said and done, you know, it was no impact. You know, they took care of it. It was a minor number um, to a uh, on a reserve basis, and they corrected that. And um, now, it, you know, it's you know it's off and running. So, take a look at it. This is a name that I think has ex- just great potential and uh, overall a, um, a great position in the marketplace. H M S Y. Otherwise known Good as good name. Himsey. Himsey. Great Himsey. name. Okay, I got one here. This is Val. Um, again, I'm trying to do as little work as possible here. It's Saturday. I'm kind of busy, but, you know, Otto wanted to do the show, and I thought, hey, that's a good idea. Kind of missed doing it, you know. So, um, okay, here's a name. It's called Sega Communications. Now, why I don't know much about this one, I have no idea. Um, it's a small cap name, $300 million in value, so it kind of – is out of Wall Street's view a little bit. There's no money in this for Wall Street. You know, trading costs are low, and these guys are you know generating cash. They don't need a banker, so it kind of falls under the radar. And what caught my eye about this is it's at a good you know valuation, and the balance sheet's in pretty good shape. Of course, there's a little bit of hair on it, and so let me tell you, Sega Communications. It's a U.S.-based broadcast company, and uh, let's see. They acquire and develop broadcast properties. They manage radio and television stations, and they've got an ABC affiliate, an NBC affiliate, a Fox affiliate, so they're kind of diversified there. They've got 20 markets that they're in, 90 radio stations, And, of course, companies like this rely on one thing, advertising. And advertisers need to get to the people. Now, the reason this thing's down, of course, I don't even have to look, is because the Internet is kind of, I don't know, again, we don't want to, you know, tell you stuff you don't know about. But the Internet is coming, and it's taking all the listeners and viewers from television and radio, supposedly. Now, my thesis here would be if you're – a station and you have listeners that trust your brand you simply move that online it's just a different way to send the information and the personality of your brand and your information it's not a different thing it's just a different channel so i'm going to say all the properties they own that have listeners are they're going to successfully migrate those listeners to other channels i'd say uh, what do you think of that auto you think that's reasonable well i think what would really benefit this particular group is content. And uh, if they were ever to pick up a show, for example, that was a, um, call it investment show with a value bent that identified to what listeners really want, mm. I think you got a home run here. That could work. That could work big time, I think. I think. And I mean, they should not, pay up for idea. that. Just an idea. Yeah, just an idea. We should call them. Listeners should call them and recommend that. Yeah, um, if you really want to help out these. But I'll tell you something. The stock, the thing that attracted me to it was, first, it came through the screen. That's a great thing about screens is if they get through there, you know they're good because you've set criteria that you're interested in. When does it be a bad screen? Well, that's why you change up your screens. You change them. You don't rely on one type of screen. Okay. And, uh, of course, that's why listeners are going to have to go to other shows and listen to shows that are based on other screens because everything we're saying today could be complete nonsense, and people know that. But Sega Communication, 
The thing I like about it is that it's uh, attractively priced, and yet, even though the street's a little negative <clears throat> on you know what's going to happen to broadcast, I'm going to argue that that's the wrong thing to pay attention to. It's like, can they keep their listeners? Can they keep the advertising dollars? And I'm going to say, yes, uh, they will be able to do that. Um, they're trading at 10 times EBITDA right now, which is a very attractive price. They're low on debt. They've got a lot of free cash flow. Um, the profit margin here, the operating margin is 21%. That's at the very high end of what companies tend to do. Uh, the return on assets, let's see, I had it earlier. That's a number we're going to want to know. Um, I don't see it here. Oh, wait a minute. Here it is. It's 8%. Return on equity, 13%. So that's a proxy for growth. Those are really good numbers, and you're only paying 10 times EBITDA. The balance sheet's in good shape. So I don't want to get too in-depth here, um, and of course, I'm avoiding that completely. But I think Sega Communications, ticker S, I'm thinking it's S, SGA is really worth a look in here, Otto. Mm -hmm. Attractive company, good returns, and a little bit of hair on it in terms of the market's forecast for broadcast, which I think is wrong, frankly. You know, um, I know a lot of these companies play off of some of the parts. And so maybe next show you could have a some of the parts analysis on this as a follow-up. You could do that, absolutely. I but mean, they have radio stations, TV stations, and, of course, I'll be digging really deeply into this over the next week, as my listeners know uh, that I'll do, and, and we'll, of course, be back to you on that with, with all that uh, fine detail next week. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah. All right, I think you have one more. You don't have any more? Okay. No, I'll do one more. We're wrapping up. And this is another one uh, that is in the financial space. Again, the markets are at highs. The economy looks pretty good. Uh, there's a company that has kind of been creeping up on people's radar. It's called Green Hill and Company. It's a regional investment bank. One thing I know is that while active management is under siege, investments is not. There's never been more value in the public traded markets. There's never been more value in private companies than today. So the idea that we need... Um, firms that can take private companies and turn them into public companies, I think, is uh, just part of you know economic history. Right now, we've had venture capital firms providing a lot of capital instead of the private market, instead of the public markets. But you know, under this administration, it looks like we're going to be rolling back some of the regulation that has prevented people from going public. And I'm really basically talking about. Uh, Dodd-Frank, which was um, very heavy-handed regulation that incented many firms to avoid going public, uh, even though public ownership might benefit the owners uh, of a pension fund or what have you. Um, that's been a problem the last few years, reduced numbers of public offerings. And I think we're going to be in a period where that's reduced, or I should say re reversed, and we're going to see an increase in public transactions. Green Hill & Company, ticker GHL. This is a very high-quality regional Wall Street investment banker and financial advisor. They're very well diversified. The stock is down a lot um, over the last year or so. And let me just um, – I think it's 
I'm just on the wrong page here. It looks like it's gone from a roughly 50 to 20 in the last 12 months. They've guided down a lot. Uh, I looked at some of the numbers coming out of Wall Street on the um, uh, estimates here, and I can tell you that in the last 12 months, estimates, uh, earnings estimates are down 30%, and that's directly affected the stock price, um, which has come down uh, roughly the same amount. This company, on a fundamental basis, even though the stock is down more than 40%, the revenues are not down that much. In fact, they're still kind of skating around, you know, the levels of the last seven or eight years. Their returns on invested capital um, are right now running uh, in the, uh, I think, 10% range. What's happening here? My numbers aren't showing up. Cash is rising very dramatically here. Hold on. I'm having a data problem. Let's see here. Um, this is a $600 million market cap company, so it's, again, a little bit off Wall Street's radar. The valuation, um, which I had earlier, let's see, enterprise value to EBITDA seven times. So, again, long-time listeners know I'd like to take the inverse of that, EBITDA over enterprise value as a yield. If we were all to buy this company, we would earn uh, roughly a 14% cash-on-cash yield. I think that's very attractive. Um, the Altman score here, which is a measure of bankruptcy risk, is about six times, so that's very attractive. And um, I think we're at a little bit of a low here in terms of these financial names. So uh, Green Hill & Company, ticker GHL, uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a fan of that. I encourage listeners to take a look at that one. Well, there you have it. I think um, you have, what, what are, what's our time? We're about? at 37 minutes, Otto. Oh, well, that means we're seven yeah. minutes. That means we're, we're, we're going to we're gonna have to cut you yeah. back seven minutes. We're going to have to find uh, some edit this time a little to get bit. it down. Yeah, edit this a little that. bit. Okay. So is that the end of the show? That pretty, it should be.